Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast and our short form interview series, Catching Up With. This episode, we have our man Colton Herta. In about a month, a little over a month since the Andretti Autosport driver spoke with anybody, thankful and fortunate that he chose me and the podcast to speak for the first time since everything that did not happen with the Andretti Autosport attempt to take control of the Sauber Formula One team, better known as Alfa Romeo Orland Racing. Spoke with Colton, trying to get a feel for where he's at with his career moving forward, knowing that it is indeed committed to IndyCar for 2022 and beyond. Also speaking about the last month in general of staying quiet, watching and observing, hearing many of the things being said, knowing obviously a lot of what was going on behind the scenes. Also speaking about the future, what's coming with some changes to Andretti Autosport. Half of the lineup will be different when that four-car Honda-powered IndyCar team gets back to business next year. So spent about 20-ish minutes or so on the phone with Colton. Appreciate him as always. Definitely appreciate our partners at Cooper Tires that power the road to Indy. The Justice Brothers manufacturers of fine automotive chemicals and lubricants in torontomotorsports.com. And if you have not yet paid a visit to marshallpruittpodcast.com, we have more than 1,000 episodes there waiting for you. A subscribe page, a merchandise page, and all kinds of fun stuff. So let's get going and catching up with our man, Colton Herta. So Colton, you've seen your name written a lot over the last couple of weeks, not just stomping a mud hole in people winning IndyCar races, but there's this uh, Formula One stuff. Knowing that the Formula One journey, at least from an immediate standpoint, 2022 is not going to be where your future is carved. Maybe we talk about that a little bit before talking about what's coming here in the future, continuing in IndyCar. Where did Formula One sit for you recently in terms of interest? Was it a F1 or bust mindset or was it, eh, if the situation's right, I'll consider it. it yeah, it's kind of the latter there. Um, you know, I, it, for me, you know, I was kind of, I, I knew a lot more than, than a lot of people knew. Um, and at the end of the day, it was going to be my decision if I wanted to go or if I wanted to stay. Um, and, and kind of like what she said, it needed to be the right situation um, you know, have the right funding to either be competitive um, or, or get to that point to be competitive. Um, but it, it takes a lot to drag me away from IndyCar, too, because it's, it's what I grew up. I didn't grow up watching Formula One. Um, in fact, I didn't even really start following Formula One until maybe I was like 12 or 13, um, where I watched IndyCars from the time I could remember. Um, so, yeah, like it was going to take a lot for me to to get dragged away to to europe it is something that i want to do but there's a lot of things that i want to do in in my career um and they don't all revolve around indycar whether that be doing the daytona 500 or the 24 hours of Le Mans or competing in imsa some more um you know there's a lot of different stuff in racing that i want to do and you know i guess in some respects the type of racing that i want to do is is time sensitive too whether i can do that later in my career or whether i I don't have a choice and kind of have to do it when I'm given the opportunity. Um, but yeah, like I said, IndyCars, you know, it, it, that's what gave me my love for racing. And yeah, it takes, it's going to take a lot for, to drag me away from it at this point with the situation I'm in, um, you know, able to gun for a championship, able to win races. Um, 
But in the retrospect, there is, you know, I hope people can respect that there is a lot of different things that I want to race in my career. Oh, we're going to come back to that Daytona 500 mention. Trust me. Um, <laughs> let's stay with F1 for another minute or two, Colton. So a couple of things came out over the last period of, hey, the super license issue. That's maybe a whole separate podcast on how silly it is that uh, winning an F3 title pays basically the same as uh, succeeding at that level in IndyCar. You know, a little bit of wackiness there, but separate from whether you would have all the necessary points to earn a super license to compete right away. I was impressed by some of the comments made by formula one drivers when they were asked, Hey, Colton Herta, what do you think? Did you read any of that? Did you hear any of that? Because if anything, it appears that your achievements so far in IndyCar have resonated with those who've been watching over in F1. I actually, you know, didn't really see any of those articles. Um, you know, I saw some stuff that, that people said really nice things about IndyCar, um, but maybe not me specifically. Um, but yeah, it's it's nice to hear. You know, I think for, for a long time is a huge battle, right? Like F1 is the pinnacle and, and IndyCar is the people that couldn't make it to F1, um, which, you know, I think is false and you know, I think a lot more people are recognizing that when they see a lot of these more European drivers come over and, um, you know, have just as tough of a time as a rookie as, as maybe guys come up through the road to Indy. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a incredibly, it, it, I think it just shows incredible achievement also that, that Alex did this year in winning the championship in his second year. Um, you know, the, the series is regarded high, highly everywhere. So if we look to the near future, Colton, Michael has said, granted, he hasn't said a lot on the record about uh, the Formula One uh, attempts to get control of Sauber, but did not say, well, I tried once, it'll never happen again. He made it pretty clear that if F1 were to happen for Andretti Autosport, you are his number one draft pick. How does that resonate with you? It's not like you just learned that from him saying it, but just... How does that resonate with you? Do you keep this open in the back of your mind of like, well, hey, if he's going to keep working on it, then I'll keep this open for me? Or do you close your focus a bit and say, I know IndyCar is my immediate future. I don't want any distractions of could I be leaving for F1 in a year or two or three if the situation is right? Yeah, I mean, I I never really well i don't want to say i never really cared because they put so much time and effort into trying to make that deal done um so it was intriguing to me but for me it didn't really matter um you know until i had a contract um you know i read the articles oh it's a done deal or oh it's 90 percent honestly i i didn't even know that much about the formula one deal um, you know, I kind of left it to my dad to kind of handle and I didn't really want to know that much. And, um, I never really shied away from focusing on IndyCar to be honest. I was never like, Oh, I'm going to be an F1 next year or anything like that. Um, because I had a contract in IndyCar and that's what my focus was. And, um, you know, me and Nathan were working as if we were going to work together next year, no matter what. So your race um, engineer, Nathan O'Rourke. Yes. So, um, yeah, I forget <laughs> not everybody knows Nathan. No, he's the ball of Maybe awesomeness. the best engineer in, um, in IndyCar. He's a great, great engineer. Um, but yeah, we were working 
um, you know, the whole team, Brian Page, uh, second engineer and, and all the damper engineers and stuff, we were working as if we were going to work together uh, next year. So it never really crossed my mind that, or I'd never let myself think that I was, I was going because I honestly, I, I didn't have a contract and to, for, for me, like it didn't matter how much people said or people say, um, you know, if you're going to F1 or not and what the articles say, or, um, even in, in some perspective, you know, what Michael and my dad were telling me, you know, I kind of put it in the back of my head because I didn't want that to take away from, you know, I'm working in IndyCar still and, and my full focus is on what I'm contracted to do. Um, which obviously would have, would have switched if, if I had a contract offer. So looking to next year, and the years ahead and you are the present and future of andretti autosport i don't say that as a fanboy i say that looking at the championship results since you joined the team full-time or at least i should say the uh the full-fledged andretti autosport Mm -hmm. tell me about what you see in 2022 2023 with some evolutions to the roster right Uh, our man captain america ryan hunter ray uh, moving on to hopefully another IndyCar opportunity. Same with Hinch as well. Might be an IMSA. Got Romain Groschamp coming in, who definitely, I think, impressed everybody last year. Kid from Indy Lights that you know, Devlin Francesco starting his journey. This is going to be a significantly different Andretti Autosport IndyCar team next year with you and Alexander Rossi as the two front-running carryovers. What do you see? What do you see with the changes? How do you think that might impact the mission ahead to become a champion? Well, yeah, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword in some way because, you know, really sad to see Ryan and Hinch go. Um, you know, I loved working with them and they were, you know, very good. And their feedback, um, which is most important for me as a teammate, um, you know, I could I could really trust them and um, they always gave great feedback and I could go straight to their setups and it was exactly how they would explain it. Um, So, you know, it's sad to see that, that aspect of it go, but it's exciting to, you know, work with new people and and bring Devlin and um, Roman in too. So it's going to be exciting either way. Um, I look forward to it. Um, You know, it it will probably be a little bit of an adjustment period of, um, you know, how much feedback can you trust that these guys are giving or is their setup, is their style of driving super different and you can't really, you know, drive their sort of car. Um, but so yeah, there's a lot of aspects that get go into it with, with new guys. But for me, it's really exciting, um, to, to work with the two new guys. And then obviously have Alex back is, is, um, is great. And, you know, a guy that I can always trust and love working with him too. Last thing or two that comes to mind, Colton. So you put up, beating on people to close the season love the the concept of momentum right you and the team amazing results win 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 all kinds of great stuff then we go into an off season your team all the other teams go into their r&d plans and try and make their cars better and faster no guarantee that what you did at say laguna seca in long beach is just going to automatically pick up when we resume next year Right. Is there something you can do? Is there an approach you have? Is there something that can be done working with the team, whether it's morale, whatever, to try and keep that feeling, that vibe of, wow, 
we can dominate when everything is, is working perfectly. Is there anything you can do during the off season to try and keep that flow going? Or is that a silly concept? Yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing with, with how long the off season is for IndyCar is, is just staying in close contact with the guys you work with, um, you know, going to Indy and, and seeing them and, um, you know, maybe going golf one day with some of the guys or indoor karting or something and um, keep the bondage because, you know, unlike a lot of series, um, you know, the off season for IndyCar is, is, is very long. So, um you know, you, you could come back five months later and a person could be completely different to where you left off. So keeping that kind of bondage and um, and then obviously from the R&D side, you know, obviously having full trust in the engineers. But, you know, whenever they have questions about setups or, um, you know, stuff that we tried in past weekends. Um, yeah, it's it's important to kind of keep that communication flowing through the off season. Another thing that I'd love just to mention here, you you noted before we uh, hit record that you and some buddies did a road trip last weekend to go to a, a music festival and such, and I don't want to go too hard on the F1 stuff and it didn't happen and, and how do you feel and are you broken up or whatever else disappointed because for those that know you, where others might have been sweating this and worrying about it, I think there are more people outside of Andretti Autosport that were really riled up about what was going on or not going on than you were. And again, the fact that instead of being at home just with the blinds closed and just, you know, sweating profusely, worrying about your future, you're like, nah, man, some bands I want to go see. Let's go enjoy. (laughs) I mean, that is you, right? Like, we're not going to be talking about you having a nervous breakdown because Formula One didn't happen. Cause you're just not that guy. Right. Yeah. It, like I said before, right. Like it's not like I was left without a ride and, and you know, I didn't know what I was going to do next year. The other alternative would have been IndyCar, which it shouldn't even be said as an alternative because I love it so much. So um, yeah, you know, it's, I, w- I wasn't stressing at all. If it would have happened, um, you know, it would have been a big decision for, for me to make whether I want to stay or what, whether, whether I want to go. And I can't even tell you what I would have done because I didn't put enough thought into it. Um, so yeah, it's for me, it was, it was, yeah, not stressful at all. Just thinking about IndyCar. And like I said before, I didn't have a, a contract in formula one. So for me, I, I don't, think too much about it and don't worry about it until it's an actual realistic opportunity um and you know with all the rumors and stuff you know i just wanted to distance myself you know super far from that so i feel i feel bad but you're actually like the first interview i've done in the off season because i just didn't want to talk to anybody and then then bring it up or or anything like that because i i didn't really care to talk about it until it was realistic for me i think the best news to come over the last month is you got to see the strokes in vampire weekend and some others so there's some victories yeah. that have taken place here for sure just have nothing oh, to do with yeah that i still had a lot of fun yeah i wasn't stressing <laughs> at all all right so you mentioned the daytona 500 i mean i've known that you've wanted to do all the kind of sports car stuff i mean you already won the rolex 24 daytona you have that shiny rolex watch on your wrist to show for that i would expect you to want to do 24 hours of Le Mans and kind of road racing ish type stuff. But tell me about the Daytona 500. Where does that live in your brain? Is that a, 
in the next X amount of years kind of thing, or when you get older and fatter and balder like me? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think for right now, it's it's not something that I would think about um, doing realistically. But yeah, in a few years, like there's, there, yeah, there's a bunch of different races that I, that I want to do. You know, I always wanted to do that truck race when they had it at Eldora. Now I think it's at Knoxville, which would have been awesome to do. I, I was close on an opportunity there actually. Wow. Um, and it, and it kind of fell through, but yeah, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of different stuff that I want to do. Um, stock racing, open wheel racing, sports car racing, um, you know, who knows, even even like Rossi's doing the Dakar stuff, too, um, or the Baja 1000, maybe something like that would, would interest me. And it, yeah, it, that's the great thing about the IndyCar offseason, too, is you have so much opportunity to do other stuff. Um, and, you know, luckily for, for my team, they're they're very open. Um, and, and even Honda, you know, they're very open to me being able to do what I want to do racing wise, um, which is which is great. I'm seeing father and son stadium super trucks, uh, yeah. <laughs> monster jam. I mean, the two of you done have done the 25 hours of Thunder Hill, which is pretty amazing. So maybe we need to write, right. write the next, uh, next chapter with the old man. Well, yeah. glad to hear things are going normally for you, my man, and looking forward to the off season being over somewhat quickly so we can get back to action and see what the 2022 calendar is going to hold for us. When uh, when do you think you might be in a car next? Is there any, any tentative testing plans on the schedule for you? Nothing I have planned. I don't think I have anything planned before Christmas time, actually. Wow. Um, yeah. I, well, actually, well, I do have a DHL media day at Auto Club Speedway where I'm driving some supercars, but I don't know if that really counts. But, I, yeah, as far as a race car, probably – hopefully early January, hopefully I'll be back with BMW, but I, yeah, I don't really have any, anything to say with, with that so far. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll be back in January at the 24 hours and in some aspect. Okay. So let's close on that. And this is a very important question. If you win again, do you put the second Rolex on your other wrist or do you go mad flex with both watches on one wrist yeah maybe i just get it extended and just wear it as a choker or something i don't know (laughs) (laughs) uh you're insane Uh, don't give it to your old man uh turn it into a choker oh my god (laughs) you're insane all right colton herta thank you brother glad to hear uh things are going normally for you as uh folks should probably have assumed the whole time thank you very much Thanks again to Colton for taking some time here. Look forward to seeing how his 2022 season gets rolling and whether indeed he will be on track for claiming his very first of what we expect to be many IndyCar championships. Thanks once again to you for listening to Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com. If you pay a visit to MarshallPruittPodcast.com, all kinds of back catalog goodness for you to enjoy there. I'm Marshall Pruitt. We'll speak to you soon.